Some people clap on a one and three. Some people clap on a two and four. Some people don't join at all because they got no rhythm, and that's all right. Some people, they drink too much. Some people don't drink enough. Some people are just like me. I hope y'all forgive them. I'm like Scott and Tommy Corbins. I'm like Pete Southtown, Zan Zan. I'm always speaking my mind, but I'm better off by my tongue. I'm a bad show at the wrong time. Still, I'm a legend of my own mind. I'm good for the song, but I'm not for Welcome to another episode of Zero Ales and Hockey Tales with Wally. And today I am so excited to have on a 24-year-old from Coburg, Ontario, Canada. His hockey journey has taken him to Canada, the USA, and England. A staple with the Quinty Red Devils. Became a champion with Port Hope Panthers. And then became a champion again with the Trenton Golden Hawks. He then headed west and... Looks like he nearly won, again, lacing up for 24 playoff games with the Prince George Spruce Kings. Mucked it up with the University of Windsor. And a year in the coast of mucking it up. He is now making his mark in the EIHL with the Manchester Storm and mucking it up and chucking knuckles with some of the toughest fellas in the game. Welcome to the shed, Chase Ruddy. Happy to be here. Appreciate you having me on. Hey, thanks for coming, man. And I get into how we know each other. Your Storm fans reached out after, uh, well, a few of your uh, your fisticuffs, and uh, they want you in the shed. They want to get well, to know you. Yeah, I'll take any opportunity for the fans to get to know me a little better. And obviously, uh, the fans here in Manchester, especially after the chocolatey Saturday that it was last week, uh, <laughs> will take the opportunity as it comes. Um, so yeah, that is how we know each other is I had on your captain Critch and I said, I wanted to start a marketing thing with the uh, storm fans. And I thought it'd be really cool if we could get chocolate thrown out on the ice in Manchester <laughs> and I never played there. And by gosh, we did, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, no, uh, none of us really uh, like had any idea that it was actually going to occur. Like we had, did you know we had talked about it? And he was like, hey, like this guy, this this donkey over in Canada saying like they might throw chocolate if we talk about it. We didn't see or hear too much from Critch, but I'm uh, I'm on Twitter a fair amount. So I saw little, uh, I guess, kind of tweets and little snippets of it. And then obviously once we won that game, uh, unfortunately, I wasn't on the ice, but I was uh, still in the building to witness all the chocolate get thrown on the ice and. I personally don't like chocolate, so some oh. uh, very considerate fan got some Skittles, taped them up, put my name on them, and chucked those on the ice for me. So actually, I was, yeah, I'm still very included. <laughs> Why weren't you on the ice? Uh, I got thrown out eight seconds in. <laughs> eight seconds into the match, what did you do? Yeah, um, there's a little bit of retribution to a bad hit to our best player from two weeks ago, and their player didn't exactly want to fight and I kind of forced him into it and he got the right up in his business. Yeah. Yeah. The refs didn't appreciate that. So they gave so, me the boot. Mm, yeah. You know, sometimes the players in hockey are supposed to police themselves and um, I there's a lot of suspensions and stuff where they try and police the game through that instead of the guy's, figuring it out i got beat up a few times and i learned really quick what i could and couldn't do out there you know <laughs> fair enough everybody has that awakening moment yeah i had uh a couple in the coast my first year pro one <clears throat> matt hernison came in third guy in thanks buddy <laughs> 10 game suspension <laughs> to save my life so thank you i won't do that again I, it was a bad one i did the old whammy uh and the guy went into the end boards you know feet first and then the Fair big enough, guy came off. Yeah, guy came off the bench right at me, and I was like, "Oh dear, here we are." <laughs> yeah, just scared for your face at that point. So, did you actually get to get him though? Did you fight him, or did the rest um, stop him? I got punches in on him, but there was nothing returned. Mm -hmm. And then they tried to break it, up, and he just took it. Didn't fight back. Yeah, he turtled. Mm. 
shoot. Uh, <laughs> so anyways, uh, the chocolate did happen though. And that's cool. So you don't like chocolate. So how we know each other is like by the next morning, somebody had put a tweeted out a picture of you as Willy Wonka, right? <laughs> that was some great Photoshop work. I couldn't. Isn't uh... it crazy how fast things can happen in the shed here? Concarden, Ontario. <laughs> <laughs> I had talked impressive. to Critch two days before that. And next thing you know, there's a poster of you as Willy Wonka, chocolates being rained down. You guys beat the Sheffield Steelers. And I hear it was good old fashioned Donnie Brook. Critch told me it was just a really fun game to play and that they really mucked it up, had a blast. Yeah, I was pretty jealous I didn't get to stay in for the whole thing because it looked pretty fun out there. But there's uh the count on penalty minutes in that game would have been fairly high. Mm-hmm. And I just find it very interesting when I set up fun stuff in the shed that these shed guys always come through in the clutch. Like, I just find it interesting that you guys won that game against Sheffield, you know? Yeah, fair enough. Winning is fun, folks. <laughs> do you give uh, Do you give a shed bump? Shed boost, it's called. Shed boost. Yeah, there so shed boosts are uh, when people come and get to talk about what they do and how much their careers and whatnot makes them feel better, you know? And then they go out there and run amok. It's called the shed boost. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, so it, it's happened before, you know, I think it is a thing. So <laughs> I know I feel a lot better when I get to do this. This is the best part of my day, you know? So there you go. Right. Let's hope, let's hope that carries through. I'll take a shed boost any day. Exactly. Um, so another way I, I guess I had on Ginner and Fenner, but uh, when Ginner came on, I said, so who on your team, like if Big Lou's running amok with your squad from Cardiff there, who's going to step up and fight that guy? And he was like, oh, we're team toughness. But then the next night, Shed Boost, you fought Big Lou. <laughs> yeah. Did you so know who you were fighting? Did you know what you were doing? Um, obviously, when you step into a league and when you play teams, you kind of get uh, the gist or the down low on who's tough on the other team and things of that nature. And pretty much coming into this league, I was given uh, given a warning about Mark Lewis and Matthew Gagnon. Mm -hmm. Fortunately or unfortunately, I've fought Lewis twice now and I've gone gags once. Um, uh, did you anticipate a, doing this this season? Uh, was this on yeah, your bucket kinda. list of things to do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bucket list or die in the process. I'm well, not too sure which I, I, one like, was going through my head, but that's kind of why I wanted to have you on the shed here is I wanted to dive deep to find out what's what's going on in there because I can't imagine fighting Mark Lewis. I uh played in a testimonial with him this summer and I I sat beside him, I saw how big he was, and then like I've seen him stay, I've seen some of the videos, and I just I wouldn't want any part of that, but that's on your to-do list. So that's cool. I like yeah. that. That's hot. I mean, <laughs> I fight. I've got some background in fighting, I guess. I fought a bit in the coast. I fought in junior, things of that nature. Um, I would not consider myself a heavyweight by any means, but... But you are fighting. If it, if it needs to happen, I'll stand in the ring with them. That's for sure. Well, good for you. That's that's interesting. Um, so how'd it go against Ganya? I don't know that guy. Um, actually, I've heard the the tales though. I I know it's yeah, not a guy. Tales, but yeah. So what happened was Critch actually. I don't know if he hit a guy or a guy ran into him and he ended up getting kicked out of the game. But the guy was unfortunately fairly injured on the ice, and Gags wanted somebody to answer for the hit. So before I let him grab anybody else, he was asking me to go. And then sooner or later, I was like, okay, let's get this out of the way. Let's go. Mm -hmm. And then he actually took his helmet off going into the fight. And usually I prefer to not fight with my helmet on unless you're going against the big of the bigs. And right. uh, pretty. But so, when, when you guys square off, is it not normal to take your buckets off? Uh, you get an extra 10 minutes in this league. And then when I squared off on the coast a few times, the bucket stayed on. So in the pro ranks, I haven't, uh, mm -hmm. that would be the only fight that I've taken. Seems to be off changing, to but 
Yeah, it seems yeah. to be changing all the year. They, they like to tighten up the rules on the old fisticuffs. Yeah. yeah. But Gags played here last year. So I had all the insider information on exactly kind of how tough he was and everything. Mm-hmm. So going into that one, it's your heart's in your asshole. And yeah, right your thought there. process is. Hmm. Get, and a, you, get a good did you, grip and, and you know like kind of it so this happened during the game my hit or whatever and then it's happening it's not like you had the night before to sleep on it right yeah exactly because i know like i would talk to hendo my buddy that i used to have to protect um when i was a player um <laughs> he would t- when we would go for beers he would talk to me about like the anxiety of like the night before and like he would know he'd have to fight nickerson or west garth or whoever and he'd say it would be difficult to sleep sometimes and you know i never had that because i was just like i gotta go out and try to score goals <laughs> you know Fair enough. It up. <laughs> so i'm not scoring goals so i'd be right. on the other end of that spectrum but but how is it is yeah, there, there ever was... times you know you're going the next day and it might be against a big fella um there's always it's always in the back of your mind um obviously hockey's a fast sport things happen quickly uh, there's guys on our team that will stick up. We are fairly team tough, but if there's something brewing and the game's getting a little out of hand, I guess I'm usually the guy who's going to go in and gonna either <laughs> take take a beating on the behalf of the team or dish one out. So. so how are these fights going? Are you winning any of these? Uh, so I would be 0 for 3 against... Right. Lewis and gags. Yeah, well, that's that's gonna that's, happen, you know. But you, you hung of, in there, kid. Way to go. <laughs> it's kind of expected. Um <laughs> Lewis, Lewis has got me pretty good twice. So right. I wouldn't I, even well, say I've hung hung in against him. I hung in against gags, but I had a death grip on his jersey and it was like just stay away from the right hand. So uh, I made it through probably 25 seconds with gags. He dropped me with an uppercut at the end, but Jeepers. I mean, I was in there, but Can't, other than uh, that, I think I've got five other fights that I've done fairly five, well. Five so more fights on top of that. How many games have you guys played? <laughs> 20. <laughs> You've been busy. Yeah, apparently. Uh, and sorry, folks, I don't have an editing team. And right when we're about to start this on the lunch hour, the concrete fellas showed up next door. So what a mess, you know, if you can hear All this. Good. Not much I can do about it, folks. We're still looking for an editing team. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, folks, next game in the shelter, right? The Storm are going to start running amok in the shelter, and there is going to be more and more chocolate every match, right? Oh, well, let's hope. I mean, the guys I'm just guessing it. it's going to be a storm of chocolate, but I guess you're looking for Skittles, eh? Yeah, if anybody's listening to this from the Storm Shelter, we'll just limit it at, like, two packs. I don't need the extra calories in the diet. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> might, might tire in the later rounds and all this. Um, so you fought eight times in 20 games. Yeah. It's seven or eight times now. Jeepers creepers. That's quite a bit. Okay. Um, poster picks. Loved the picture. I just put up of you with like your crew behind you. Was that, that was with the Trenton golden Hawks, right? Yeah, so I'll shout out Section 7. That's what they call themselves there. Um, they're the diehard fans in Trenton. We have a great, or we had, they still have a great support group there. Um, those guys, they get the drums out. They're at every event, every team event. Um, it looked like they were guys, having fun in the, the barn there. They did. Oh, yeah. So I'm sure they were had a little bit of liquid courage in them for that mm-hmm. game, uh, being a championship game and all, but... It was a great moment to win there, especially in a home ice. So that's something I'll never forget. So that's um, tier two junior A, right? Yeah. So that's a step below the OHL in Ontario. Right. So that, and you won your league and then you go to like all of Canada, right? Is that how it works? Yeah. So we went to, we won back to back Dudley Hewitt Cups, which obviously there's multiple leagues in Ontario Mm -hmm. and we would, the Dudley Hewitt is, the championship between all the teams of Ontario. Okay. So like all the league winners and then the host, and then we would head to what, it, I don't know what it's called now, but it used to be the RBC, RBC cup. So you want of all Ontario just to get to the RBC. So yeah, you guys were good. Then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we had a couple solid teams back in the day. That's for sure. So poster pick here still is a graduation one. Was that university of Windsor? Yes. So that was actually this past April. So I graduated um, 
business with honors and then specialized in supply chain management and business analytics. Holy moly. Business analytics, eh? Yeah, that was a good one. Lots of fun. <laughs> you know how to get sponsors for the shed? I haven't figured it out yet. <laughs> <laughs> I got my MBA and I can't figure out how to make money. And there's 73 countries have listened to 125,000 times and I still don't make money. It's embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, you got my MBA. You got to figure that. Yeah, you got to figure something out, right? Because it really is fun. <laughs> uh, another poster pick is you are punching a stealer in the face, it looks like. Who's that? Uh, yeah, that was uh, the eight second fight oh. on Saturday night. So that was, oh, that's Dave. the guy. So who was the yeah. guy that had the bad hit that you were trying to fight? That would have been Davy Phillips. Ah, he's been to the shed. He's a shed guy. Yeah, very nice. And then wasn't that the guy Critch gotten a dust up with later on then? Yes, actually, Critch did end up, I believe, fighting him later on in the game as well. Hmm. Sounds, sounds like the fellows are just mucking it up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and then the other picture for your poster was the Kansas City. And that doesn't seem like a hockey hotbed to me, but the rink looked nice. Is it is it a hockey hotbed, Kansas City? We had some pretty good fans. Um, we weren't full every night, but there were certain games where we'd sell out the barn and it was pretty electric in there. How many people um, are we talking? Uh, 4,500, I think it was. That's a good size barn. Yeah. Yeah, it's not bad at all. So they've got a great facility there. Okay. And then the other poster picks were when you were with the Prince George Spruce Kings. Um, So I thought the white jerseys were quite unattractive. I didn't think it looked like a nice jersey. It looked like a beer league jersey. But the blue one looked nicer. When you're in the hallway there, you looked like passionate celebration or something there with the fans, eh? Yeah, so both those pictures that I had sent you. Um, first off, I will disagree. I do really like the white jerseys there too. Maybe it's just the picture doesn't do them justice, but yeah, uh, both those pictures were after game seven, or one was after a game seven victory, and the other one was after beating a team to force a game seven that we hadn't beaten their home barn all year. Oh, nice. And uh, you did play a lot of junior playoff games. Eh? <laughs> Yeah, there is a lot. Like you so. played more playoff games than some guys, like a lot of junior careers at all, like games played, right? Like you probably had, if I'm doing the math in my head quick from the research team, I'm thinking you played about 80 playoff games in junior, 65 to 80. Yeah, I would say, yeah, the years with Trent, we kind of walked through playoffs. So they're pretty much 16 in and out. Okay. Um, that but, doesn't sound yeah, very fun. You didn't even have to buck it up to win. Uh, not a crazy amount. I mean, I mean, the final, the first year, the final series, the four series only went to game five. And those were, we went four games, five games, four games, five games to win the league. Interesting. That, yeah, that sounds like the sugar things back in the day with when I was there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay. So, uh, I, uh, forgot about this one. Also how we know each other. We were talking about shed boosts. I had Anthony DeLuca on the night he flew into Manchester and then the next night shed boost two goals. <laughs> yeah. He definitely came in with a hot start. So I'll yeah. attribute that to the shed boost. Yeah. Hey, we're going to take what we can, right? <laughs> Very true. And, um, so you, I also had on Ginner and Finner. <laughs> and um it looks like uh right before i was coming to the shed it looks like manchester's had a busy day it looks like you just signed a goalie and a defenseman did you hear see this yeah so uh both of them are at the rink today both seem like great guys should be welcome contributions to the team and hopefully we can watch those guys get suited up here shortly so the goalie is martin broder's son eh Yes, he is. So he's got the two sons and uh, the one is a professional golfer. I take it now. And the other one's here with us. Well, that's cool. Um, and then the other guy, I think the research team checked him out and it said he played for the Jacksonville Iceman. And I'm pretty sure Critch played there before. So small world, how guys know each other, right? There's always a connection. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So 
Where and what are you doing now? I guess you're in Manchester playing for the Storm, eh? Yeah, in Manchester playing for the Storm. Um, that kind of sums it up. I don't do a whole lot else with my day currently. You got a roommate? Just, yeah, so I live with Steven Johnson. Uh, uh, he played in Wichita. I hear he's a shed year. guy. That's that's what I've heard. Um, I've I saw the picture of him and Critch with the Twix, and some of the comments folks from his former squads wrote is that he sounds like a top guy, top bloke, you could say. Yeah, he's uh, definitely one of the better guys I've ever played with, and Maritimer, I didn't know him. Eh? Yeah, didn't didn't know him before moving in with him, but I couldn't have asked for a better roommate. Mm-hmm. Um, he must like chocolate, right? Yes, he does. That's good. Okay, you don't know what his favorite bar is because it's gonna get messy in, in Manchester. I mean, I got anything to say about it. <laughs> we're pretty close, but I don't think I know his favorite chocolate bar just yet. Okay, well. How long does he nap on game days? I bet you know that. Uh, I, I nap a little bit longer than he does, so I'm not. What sure are you? Exactly you're two to three spot. hours, or what? Yeah, I'm probably a two and a half hour guy on average. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a get healthy up. dose. Yeah. Yeah, get up, make some food, and head back to the sheets. Sorry, what you sleep? No, it's so like I'll sleep, get up, make some food, maybe play a couple of games of Call of Duty, and then head back into my room. Throw so on there's there's no and... pregame skates anymore in the in the biz. Uh, I'm not sure about anybody else in the league, but we live about 40 minutes away from the rink where we are here in Manchester. Is that right? So doesn't uh, the pregame skate doesn't make a whole lot of sense no. most days? So no. we just kind of napping's more important than that shit. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Call of Duty, eh? That's how you spend yeah, your day sometimes. What do you get up to in Manchester? Oh, you can literally do anything here. This city is incredible. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're right pretty much in the city center. So you walk five minutes in any direction, you've got everything you could imagine. So they must have you living around that area instead of by the rink because they want happy players having fun, maybe? Just thinking out loud? Yeah, maybe. I don't know the whole thought process behind it, but whatever it is, I'm on board for it. Yeah. Um, Okay. Um, Another fight I wanted to ask you about before we keep going here is your tweet, and it said, fun with friends, hashtag pillows, and it was you and a dude just throwing bombs, but I couldn't figure out which guy you were. Were you the guy that got dropped or were you the guy that dropped the guy? Oh, that's a pinned tweet from 2015. So if it's still up there, I'd hope I was the guy dropping the other guy. But that was my that first. That was a wild fight. You guys were throwing them. Yeah, I was 17 at that time. So it was my first junior A fight. And it that went was your first heavily. fight? <laughs> yeah, first junior A fight. So that went heavily in my favor on that one. So oh. I. People always ask me why I still have it up. I mean, I've got tweets of other fights and everything. It just that one's kind of sentimental as being the memorable ones. Yeah, that it was a cool fight to watch. I I like watching things like that. I find it entertaining, you know. Fair enough. (laughs) Yeah. Um, okay, let's see here. I think we're done with poster pictures. Where and what are we you doing now? So, what's your first thoughts of the EIHL and how it's like a league race compared to like full playoffs? Yeah, so it's uh, we got told by Finner pretty much as soon as we got in here that it's not like a lot of other leagues. It's more so focused on the regular season and the playoffs are fairly short. So you got to kind of come in ready to go. And I mean, we've got a young team who not everybody has pro experience or doesn't have a lot of it. Yeah. So I think that was kind of a talking point for them to put across to us in order to get us going right from the start. Yeah. And I think it's gone fairly good. Obviously a lot of guys are still adjusting. We're out of the challenge cup now, but just. Oh, really? Cause from... so after the chocolate night, you had to win the next night. Yeah. We lost five, four. Oh, sugar and spice. Yeah. No so way. it's kind of weird navigating that. Like you'll have a league game one night, and a challenge cup game the next night. And they, um, yeah, I know it is weird. It's a little bit odd, but I mean, if you're playing professional hockey, in my opinion, you should be taking every game you're playing a, a pretty seriously. A game. So, yeah, yeah, a game's a game, and uh, you got to show up every night because that's how you keep getting jobs. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you guys have a really small barn, though, eh? Yeah, so uh, we play out of Planet Ice in Altrincham. 
It's not the it's it's the big blue tent of Manchester. Yeah. Yeah, it's not the prettiest uh, place to play, but the fans are unbelievable. The building's loud every night. Um, and now they're going to the, start chucking chocolate at you. It's pretty cool. Yeah, right? There you go. The front office and our team staff, like they treat us unbelievable. So regardless of the rank, we get treated pretty well. Yeah, well, and that rink's got character, you could say. <laughs> right? There you go. That's one way to put it. So growing up in Coburg, Ontario, Canada, where exactly is that? I should know that. Uh, it's pretty much halfway between Toronto and Kingston, right on the 401. Yeah, so you're on the other side of Toronto from me. That's why I don't know that area that well. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Kind of, yeah. Um, so... Quinty Red Devils. I played against them. That's AAA. So did you play hometown Coburn growing up and then go AAA when you're older? Uh, I did one year AAA and then unfortunately got cut for my minor peewee and major peewee year. And then once Bantam and Midget came around, I went back up into the AAA system. And So would it be a lot of traveling then to go to AAA from Coburg or no? Uh, yeah, so our zone we were like a zone team. So we were Coburg to Napanee and then Bancroft South, I guess it would be. So being That's, on the edge yeah. of the zone, some of our practices were an hour away and yeah. majority of our practices were 40 minutes, 45 minutes away. So kudos to my parents for getting getting out the gas money and getting yeah. me there and making it work. I think I got that ahead of my future. I've been chatting with the little fellow about it because he's really showing signs of being quite good. Um, <laughs> and, um, and I'm going to have to do it sometime. And my gosh, is it going to be a lot of driving? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You look forward to it, though, obviously. It's like the, but that's my, what I look forward to, right? It's like tonight I get to go to his practice and we drive there back and then um when we go to games and like we get the music playing and then you get like an hour and a half in the vehicle like one-on-one time it's special times you know yeah absolutely there's some of the memories that i remember the most uh about my like young hockey career is you know the as much as you hate it at the time the traffic jams and kind of getting nervous am i going to be late then mm. your dad puts the foot to the floor your mom your <laughs> yeah, mom they get puts you the there. foot to the floor too and <laughs> And Weird. they get you there Sometimes. and they always get you there, right? Oh yeah. Every time. <laughs> oh yeah. That brings back a memory of mine at a roller hockey tournament in Vegas with the old man. And I think we were going to the semis and he had slept in <laughs> boy. Did we Weird did in he... Vegas? Yeah. <laughs> no way. Well, yeah. I was about 15 or so. And then when we had to get to the game, boy, oh boy, did he drive her, <laughs> but we got there and we won. So, right. It's all that matters. <laughs> Yeah. Um, okay. So any other memorable fight this year other than the the Gagnon Lewis ones? Like who else did you fight? Anybody I know? Any shed guys? Um, Probably. Fought McNally from Sheffield. Oh uh, yeah. I'm not sure if he's been on. That was like a good one. That was two weeks ago. I would like to chat with him. I don't know how to contact him yet, though. Yeah, maybe if you fight him again, let up. him know to come to the shed. Okay. Yes, I will. I will. And then, like right um, at the end, you know, of the dust up or melee, just say, hey, by the way, Wally wants you in the shed. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I fought a guy. I don't even know his first name. His last name is Massey. But I think he's been injured since. I think he dislocated or broke his pinky when I fought him. Oh. So I'm, not, I'm not sure how that happened in my jersey or what, but fought him and I'm trying to think of the other one now. Um, oh, Scott Scott Allen from Sheffield. You've been mucking it up against Sheffield, <laughs> eh? <laughs> bit of a bit of a rivalry there. It happened. Yeah, yeah. I really didn't like them when I played against them too. You know. Um, okay, so anyways, you go from the AAA then to the Port Hope Panthers. That's Junior C, right? Yeah, that's the jungle. Mm-hmm. That's like the Concord Bulldogs here in town. Yeah. Yeah, I was lucky enough to have a really good team though um how old are you at this point 16 mm-hmm. so when so you're playing them, against some 20 year olds too though right uh actually so they have an extra year 
mm-hmm. right? So their overagers can be up to 22. So I was right. playing against 22 year olds at 16. Did you fight? Um, I, I did fight. <laughs> 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 yeah, there were right. some fights in that league too, but um, I don't know. I still hold that one. The first one in junior A is being kind of like my first actual go in a league Um, so when you're in junior c though are we talking full cages where you got to rip the guy's helmet off and then start punching him no so it was the year i left ontario to go to british columbia is when hockey or the ohf or whatever whoever decided to do it put cages into junior a and junior c so when I was there, it was visors and it wasn't as bad. And I'm not cracking my knuckles off guys' metal cages. So yeah, yeah. That's the when I was in junior B, there was fights, there was full melees and like line brawls, the full deal. But like our thing was you drop the gloves and then you'd have to rip the other guy's helmet off, right? Yeah, see that just adds because the cages, other... right? It and then whoever got the other guy's helmet off first really had the upper hand. <laughs> Yeah, until I signed Junior C, I still had a cage on going to Junior A camps and things things like that. And I got in a couple fights. And, like, you get your helmet taken off and you're getting beat up and you can't get their helmet off. And sometimes something switches in your head and you go, you know what? My hand's my hand. Like, oh, well. And you so start hitting the helmet. Yeah, a couple times there's had to be some repairs to my hands and <laughs> things like that. Just from some uh, metal metal bars of the cage. and sides of helmets and my dad has got pretty uh pretty efficient with the super glue over the years what what do your parents do when you're growing up in coburg Ontario? Uh, so my mom's an operations manager for an electrical company mm-hmm. and then my dad had his own business for a while a courier business and now he works for the school board ah cool okay and then uh you win it with the port hope panthers right uh, so we won our league and then we lost in game seven of the Ontario final for the Schmalz cup. Who beat you? Essex. Mm, those punks. Eh? Game seven. What was that? Uh, was a close game. Yeah. So they, uh, they went up three, nothing in the series. We brought oh. it all the way back and game seven was in our home barn and they beat us one, nothing. Then one game nothing. seven. So that was, Bit of a it, heartbreaker. It, well, it is heartbreakers. Like when you talk in the shed with people, it's like the winning and losing those game sevens. It does change everything. It changes your memory. It changes the parties after. It changes your whole outlook on how it went. It's like herning blue foxes that like are huge shed favorites that now throw Twix all over the ice at their goalie. I have a gold helmet. <laughs> I have a gold helmet right there, and they don't. <laughs> game seven, fellas. <laughs> you know <laughs> anyways yeah and then obviously you continue to the year after a loss like that or you run into guys later in your career and say you're winning and they go oh, yeah well i got a ring and so <laughs> the ring it hurts yeah. sometimes it hurts i know it does hurt so then you won your league that year but not the full deal so then you go to the trenton golden hawks how far away is that from home for you where's that uh i actually it's right near belleville so it's actually really close it's closer than i had to drive for practice for minor hockey so lived at home with my parents for those two years and uh, i just made the half an hour trek back and forth to trenton every day which wasn't bad at all how big's trenton Bigger than Coburg, I'd say probably 35,000. Okay. Yeah, I don't know that area of Ontario. Never get out that way. It's nice though, right? Some water and whatnot, right? Yeah, every everything's right on the water there. Uh, mm-hmm. Trenton's a nice city, Belleville, and then you get up into Prince Edward County and can't beat it, sand dunes. Coburg's got a great beach, so summer was fun. Yeah. So – that year you guys went it then. So you guys are good in Trenton then, which is your hometown team, basically. Yeah, we uh that first year in Trenton, I've never played on a team quite like it. Like we had guys looking for division one scholarships that were overagers. We had a great group of young guys, and we just somehow we gelled as a team and we put it together every night. So it was it was something special that year. Well, there's a former Elmira Sugar King that 
this I find it. This is a weird one. He plays the season for the Elmira Sugar Kings. I think they like win it all or do well. Ethan Skinner. And then he goes and joins yeah. your team after playing no regular season games. And then he goes there and plays six playoff games. You just pick up guys. It's yes. Like- yeah. So the, the head coach, he's actually returned there now is Jerome DuPont. And he kind of runs it like a pro program. Like, he doesn't. They're gonna just take the. Yeah, he doesn't take shit. If somebody, it's can not. Make it's our not like better, the family feel I'm into. That's it's a meat market, is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Well, the the year after that, uh, I actually got traded. So they traded me a From, month out of month your hometown into the season. <laughs> out of well, Coburg was my hometown team, and the biggest rivalry was oh, okay. Coburg. So I used to love driving oh, two minutes yeah. to the rink and absolutely murdering those guys on the ice. Cause they cut me and then Trenton signed me. Right. That would feel really good. And then we, and then, and we then would you beat up anyways. some of their players too, just for fun, just to let them know. <laughs> uh, I don't think I ever fought anybody off Coburg, but mm. there was definitely multiple, multiple, probably about a hundred offers thrown out and nobody took them. Yeah. But yeah, I would, I was running guys and it was doing what you wanted. They were fu- <laughs> They were fun games. They were fun games. It's yeah. I could picture it. It's like, yeah. We're like, there's in hockey, there's times where the big fella can run amok with the other team. And if they have no one that can do anything about it, it's a, you know, it's not a good feeling as a squad when someone's running amok with you. Right. (laughs) Yeah. It's really not. So I don't know if they had guys who just thought they were too good and they could score goals and didn't want to take me out being a guy that didn't get any points, but right. Worked in my favor. Yeah. Yeah. A little room out there. So another guy, small world one here. Okay. From Concord in Ontario that played with you for two years in Trenton, Ben Shiel. He was a Ripley, great guy. Ripley wolf with me. He is a great guy. Yeah. We went to the finals the year we played together with the Ripley wolves. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Yeah, yeah. He was, uh, he is a great guy, and I think, uh, if I'm not wrong here, I think Ethan Skinner's from King Carden as well. Absolutely. He's in my pickleball league here in the neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, there you go. Yeah, he's a shed guy. <laughs> um, yeah, no, both of those guys. Yeah, that's why I found it interesting that Skinny went from the Sugar Kings because we wouldn't leave when I played the Sugar Kings to go to those leagues, but I guess they do now, right? So it's kind of a strange dynamic to bring a guy in mid playoffs that never played the regular season for the squad though. Right. Even yeah, though, a, even though Ethan's a dandy and you'd want him on any team, I still find that strange. <laughs> yeah. It was, a, it, I mean, especially you're worried about team dynamics changing and yeah, you're in the things, playoffs. Things like, like you're that. in the playoffs. This isn't like a month left the regular season, right? Like it's weird. Yeah. We brought one guy in the second year. Didn't play a game for us the entire year. We brought him in for the RBC Cup. <laughs> what? How is that legal? Yeah. Uh, they had him signed as an affiliate player, but his junior B team went straight to the finals. So that was pretty much right to the RBC Cup. And then we brought him in after their league finals. So he finally comes in as an AP in the final games. Yeah, makes sense. So you guys do win it, though. So you guys are just awesome dominate everybody but then how'd you get the rbc cup uh we actually finished first in the round robin and then uh we lost to the host team five two in the semifinals it was just drop the ball yeah that's and they're one game playoffs right it's not like it's a series yeah so it's one one game show up or go home so the the year two same thing you play 21 playoff games this time yeah a little bit more um we swept the first two rounds then can't remember who we played in the third round but the last round went full seven games Mm -hmm. um and then you win it again uh we actually we lost the league and then we were hosting the Dudley Hewitt. So we were the host team in the tournament. And then we ended up beating the team that beat us 2-1 in game seven, 2-1 in the final tournament game. Okay. Um, 
Well, it's fun winning, right? Like being in those big games as a junior player, like when you're 17, 18, 19 years old, playing best of sevens and like you're playing for trophies, that's living, eh? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's some of the best feelings that you can have, right? Like you're not getting paid. You're You're just doing it for the love. Yeah. You're pausing your life in order to try and attain something a little bit more. Like you got all your friends that leave high school and go to university who are almost graduated by the time you're even thinking of going. And then it kind of, you put a lot on the line. So those games, they mean a lot. And it's honestly, you play for the love of the game at that point. Yeah. And that, and when you win with buddies and juniors, fun shit. Um, so after two years though, you're basically at your, you said you got traded out of your hometown. I didn't see research. So I got traded or from, yeah. <laughs> yeah. From, yeah. I refused the trade. So I oh, went there you go. to the other team <laughs> and then two weeks, week and a half, two weeks later, the coach came back to me and said, we made a huge mistake. Will you come back and join our team again? So I went back. So to they had traded you. You year. said, I'm not going. And then, so they can't make the trade. And then they're like, okay, we do want you. It's Yeah. Yeah. That would have been a tough time for you, though, sitting there waiting for that to happen, to play out. Yeah, it was uh, – I had no idea I was going back. I had wanted nothing to do with them at the time, and it actually took them a couple visits to my house and lunches and stuff for them to convince me. But I was actually looking to go down into the Nall uh, that year. When that happened, I just said, I was like, I'm done here. Like, get me out of here. <laughs> um. Okay. And then, so you do decide to go to the BCHL. Yeah. So in Trenton, we had two years back-to-back RBC cup runs. And I think we had a total of four division one commitments. And that was my goal to get one of those. And it just, not a lot were coming out of Ontario at the time. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to go try my hand out West and went out there and had an incredible year. Um, Never ended up getting a full scholarship or anything so and i'm not paying to play d3 so i went to uh cis route u sports route so that is you went out to the bchl trying to get a scholarship so did you ever think of major junior like because you do get into some fighting and there's more of that than in school hockey right yeah um i had thought about it i didn't really talk to too many teams like at all there's a couple q teams that were interested but i've always been fairly in in tune with my academics so my uh my goal from a young age was to obtain a scholarship so yeah I put all my eggs in that basket did you get close did you talk to any schools yeah i talked to a couple and things but nothing really came out of it so yeah i like to think i got close but i look at uh the it's probably not a common path that i've taken but well it's, it's not but so far yeah well there are quite a few shed guys I've talked to though, that never played major junior and didn't play NCAA and they did find their way. Like, um, actually I think Finner's one of those guys, you know, that? I don't know Finner's background too much. I just see his fights all the time pop up on. I'm pretty sure he was a Cowichan Valley capital. And then he went from there to not going NCAA and not major junior and just going pro from there. Yeah. It's a but hell of a trip. It's a different landscape, you know, nowadays than like all the the different paths. It's it is an uncommon journey you've had to pro hockey, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And then especially <laughs> COVID kind of made it a little bit more of an uncommon journey. Right. So let's so, get into that. So how do you end up with the University of Windsor? Why is it that school over the other ones? Does the coach recruit you? Yeah. So the coaches do most of the recruiting at those schools. Um I had a couple other offers in Canada and I kind of narrowed it down between Laurier and Windsor. And I just had a gut feeling that Windsor was the spot. And my parents are always like, whatever, do what you want. Like, yeah. Your life. Like in Windsor, what's the barn do you play and not the Spitfire one? No, we play out of uh, the South Capri pizzeria arena or center. So it's just kind of a small barn, um, south end of town. It's like five okay. minutes from campus. Nothing special, but good setup. Um, yeah, because I went to the under eleven OMHA finals with my Concord Connect fellows last year, and um, we played at the Spitfire Barn. And 
it was really cool for the kids from Concard here to get to go do that because we got to play on the big sheet, right? Where the Spitfires play with the big, the big stadium and uh, the fellas loved it. I thought it was pretty neat. They got to do that last year, you know? So. Yeah. It's always special being a young player and going into venues like that and being able to right. play. It's, and they, they earned it. They earned it to get there, you know? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but it is a tough town these days. We went there for that tournament and just speaking of Windsor, uh, I, well, I don't think it was at its former glory. Like it did, there is some rough spots now. Yeah. So Windsor is definitely a border town. Mm-hmm. Um, I still live there in the summers and things like that. So I get to see all the nitty gritty. That's where, right that's down. where you off season now. That's like home kind of. Uh, for the most part over the last couple of years, I've stayed there. <laughs> um, well, I guess last season I was supposed to be at school for the year, but ended up leaving to go pro. But last summer I was in Windsor and yeah, it's, it's got a lot of great aspects to it, especially the surrounding area, but you go right into the heart of Windsor and you're going to see some shit. <laughs> yeah, that's where our hotel was. <laughs> the Kincard and Canuck kids did get to see some shit that they don't get to see around here <laughs> oh yeah there's the a guy homeless. sleeping like right at yeah right at the front door yeah, of the, the hotel and like popular. my kids don't see that here right and they're, they're yeah, the home we are fortunate around here that you know but yeah the homeless population and downtown windsor right now is a little out of control <laughs> yes um anyways uh let's see here so the two years you did play there though you guys were pretty good eh? and ethan skinner's on that team again yeah so skinner and i were actually roommates in our first year yeah so good guy know him fairly well and yeah it was a good two years uh we got bounced out of playoffs pretty quick both years but we had pretty good regular seasons and and i'm pretty sure discussing this at the pickleball matches is due to all the baloney and covid there is um you guys have done your two years but you guys were ramping up to be really good that third year right yeah, so we were supposed to be really good year three. We had some really re- good recruits coming in. Um, I ended up breaking my foot in July going into that year. So, and it was a bad break. It didn't heal for three to four months. What and were you season, doing? I was out visiting my brother in Alberta and I went to run into a lake and hit a rock. Mm. Yeah, so it wasn't the best uh, best scenario. So, I was going to miss the start of the season at least. And I was scared it was going to be it, but then the season got canceled. So we were supposed to be really good and would have loved to see the guys be able to play the season and have a good year. But for a person, from a personal standpoint, it was kind of a blessing. It got canceled. You weren't playing either way, probably eh? Um, pretty much. Yeah. So then all of it, it's shut down, whatever, but then you do finish school and then decide to turn pro, right? How does that all happen? So we, Went back to school. Um, it was a delayed season, so that would have been my fourth year, which was last season. And so I went to school for September, October, and then when November hit, I had a little bit of a falling out with the team, and I went home and got a little angry and decided I'm not going back. Right. So I signed with Fort Wayne in the ECHL, and that is a place to play hockey. I've heard that people say it's oh, it is incredible. Is that right? So, eh? so you yeah, were there for I mean, thirty-two getting, games like, played. Yeah. So I couldn't have asked for a better start to pro hockey. Just being in there with um, like Sean Sidlowski, the Jones brothers. They one of them played for the Islanders for a little bit. Um, Matt Bowden's he's a Maritimer um he's close with critch just a lot of unbelievable guys and hockey players yeah and i mean the hockey support in that community is next to none really how many fans are we bringing in a night eight or nine thousand a night (laughs) really um you know who i didn't realize was still playing hockey at that point that was on that squad because when I'm looking at East Coast rosters nowadays, there ain't many folks I know anymore. <laughs> but one guy that was still mucking it up, I don't know if you crossed past him, Jamie Milam. He went yes. to the, he went to yeah. Northern Michigan University when I was at Western Michigan all the same four years. So we used to muck it up against each other back then. He was still doing her in the coast. 
Yeah, so I he actually had a hell of a start to the year too. I think he had four goals in the first seven games or something. And Big slap first, shot, eh? Could really yeah. get the hips into her. <laughs> yeah, my first day with the team, he actually he invited me over to his house with his wife for dinner. So I used to call Milo dad. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, he's a great guy. Um. Well, that's good. I think he's done now. It looked like, but. So you enjoyed your he's time injured right now, actually. Oh, really? So he does he's, want to keep going, yes. maybe. I think he's going to keep going once his hip, if his hip sorts itself out. Well, may as well. Um, so that season, though, you end up with Kansas City. So how do you, like, you get traded or what? I got traded the morning after rookie party on a bus. <laughs> Shoot, you're not feeling good already. <laughs> so, yeah. So the conversation was the coach asked me pretty much how rookie party went and I'm still sitting there half in the bag. He goes, yeah, like heard you had a great night. Like that's pro hockey. Like glad you enjoyed it. And then all of a sudden he goes, I got to rip the bandaid off though. Like we traded you to Kansas city. And also this is pro hockey. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Welcome. This is life. Yeah. And Kansas city really wanted me, I guess. So um, they wanted an offensive defenseman from there and, Kansas City said the only way to make the trade was if I went the other way. So mm. packed my packed my shit, flew back to Fort Wayne, picked it up, and drove 13 hours through a snowstorm to make it to Kansas City. So that was an experience in itself as well. Oh, so Kansas City, what's that place like? That's a football town, right? They like hockey? Um yeah. So like I mean, the fan support is pretty good. I think the least amount of fans we got was two thousand. But some games you get up closer to four and a half, five. But I mean, anywhere you go, you're gonna get your diehard fan, diehard fans that love it. And how, I don't treated. know how long Kansas City's been around. I don't know if they were in the league back when I was mucking it up in the coast. They used to call it uh, Missouri Mavericks. Mm, I don't even know if that was around. I yeah, I don't know the history too well. Um. Okay, so you were there for 17 games played. Were you guys any good? No. No. Okay. No. So that is your rookie year of pro. How many times did you fight in the coast in that many games? Do you think? I think I got, I think I hit my limit. I think I got 10. What do you mean limit? You can only fight. They 10 have a, yeah. Until after your 10th fight in the coast. Now you start getting larger suspensions. <laughs> Why? I don't know. It's the coast. Because at the eleven, because <laughs> at the eleven, then that's okay. Yeah, I gotta sit out the next game. Tragic, weird. <laughs> that is uh, just doesn't make much sense. Why don't no, you just I let the boys agree. be boys? But a um, couple that's guys a that boy. were on that team, the shed boosted Anthony DeLuca, but then you had a former Cardiff Devil, Jesse Mitchin. I didn't know he played in Cardiff, but yeah. He, he, he was uh, my line mate for a lot of my season in Cardiff, yes. Me, him, and Matthew Myers. Nice. Yeah, he'd no, sprinkle he's... in some Doug Clarkson, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, he's a great guy, and he was living with his wife there, and he actually ended up having his uh, baby boy when we were there. Is that or right? No. Mitch is a father. He had his, he had his, yeah, he had his baby boy there, yeah. So cool. he finished last year in Toledo, but. He was yeah, a young pup boy, when he was in Cardiff. Yeah, that's cool. He was just a young puppy when I was playing with him. Yeah, long time ago now. Um, and then is the guy that plays for Devils now on that team too, Marcus Crawford? Is he a Devil? Is that a name I remember? Yeah, yeah. So he made the switch this year from Kansas City over to Cardiff. Uh, right. He has quite the resume. He's pretty. Yeah, he had so last year. There, he was like, yeah, the captain of the All Star team all-star game MVP and then really? led the league and defenseman for assists. I believe it was. Oh yeah. Cardiff uh, can kind of get whoever they want nowadays, you know, <laughs> never used to be like that. Um, when I first went there, you know, they were taking guys like me. <laughs> so, uh, anyways, yeah, there's some, uh, there's some teams in this league with some money. Yes, there is. Um, so, how did you decide to go to the EIHL in Manchester? You'd only played one year pro. Yeah. So originally my plan was uh, to play in the coast for a couple of years and work my way up to attempt to crack an AHL lineup. Yeah. Uh, but me and the management in Kansas city, again, weren't exactly seeing eye to eye. 
Um, and, yeah. and then when contracts contract talk came around, they didn't give me anywhere close to a reasonable offer. And then they decided not to answer my texts or phone calls for three weeks. And so from past experience, <laughs> yeah, from past experiences from players before that have been through that system, I know that they kind of blackball guys and hold their rights and stuff like that. So it, I, it, it is, just, there is some strange stuff in the coast when it's like, you're in the East coast and like there's teams that can take guys rights and then just screw them. Like, and then like their guy's career is yeah. over because someone didn't like them, you know? Yeah. So I just decided to remove myself from the situation. I was looking at uh, overseas options and uh, lucky enough to get on with on it sports management who <clears throat> honestly, they, the head guy there's Chris Bailey and he, talk to I don't even know how many teams about me but a couple different leagues and everything and I'd heard a lot about Manchester from uh Kyle Hope and he enjoyed it and Liam Morgan liked it and things like that so when I found out they were interested and I got their offer I said yeah that's the one let's do it so did you chat with Ginner before do you guys have like a shed chat like this to to, to figure each other out or no uh, so Ginner and I have a bit of a background. He only lives about 45 minutes away from me, like our hometowns. Uh-huh. So when he was still playing and I was a lot younger, um, we'd actually skate together sometimes in the summer. So he actually called me. He was like, Hey, like I'm Matt Ginn. And I was like, yeah, I'm Chase Ruddy. Like we've skated together <laughs> a couple times. He's like, Oh, that's how I knew the name. And <laughs> we kind of had a good laugh about that. But yeah. So we, he just kind of talked and said like, we like your game. We like what you bring to the table. And I said, yeah, don't expect power play or points. <laughs> and you're going to kind of, what you see is what you get. Meat yeah. and potatoes. And he said, that's what we want. So it was a good fit for both. And we made it happen. Well, that's cool. I like the roster they put together. And it seems to me like if they're putting in money into players at this point in the season, um, they just bring in two guys today that obviously they think they got a group that they can do something with. Because when you think about Manchester in the past, if they don't think they got the squad and they don't think it's the year, they maybe aren't going to invest that much more in a squad. And I think it's a pretty exciting time in Manchester. There's a chocolate storm brewing. And they're putting in money into the team to try and like be near the top. Right. Yeah. So obviously actions speak louder than words. And right from the start of the year, they said that we wanted to have a team that competed in the top half and made waves in the league this year. And they've uh, put their money where their mouth is and they're making things happen. So it's nice not to just hear things and not have the action put behind it, but to actually have things done and, well, I, and I'd say we maybe we're even going to help sell tickets once Manchester. It's a buzz around town about all these chocolate coming out of the crowd. People are going to be like, what's happening in that arena? And then we're going to be selling more tickets. And like you're bringing DeLuca. Now you're bringing in these other two guys. Like, obviously, if they want to give her that they have some resources, maybe they've spent it now. But like, it's nice that you guys are going for it because in like that league style format, if you're near the bottom, man, she could be a long year, right? Yeah. So obviously like we've seen, actually, I don't know if there's any other league in the world, maybe that has fans as active as this league on Twitter and social media. So we see a lot of the complaints and everything from teams that are near the bottom and fans just kind of, uh, the fans complain even, even when they're near the top too. <laughs> yeah, fair they're, enough. They're, they're, they're not allowed. You're not allowed to lose anymore. <laughs> exactly. So, um, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully the chocolate catches on. Maybe you should get a chocolate um, sponsorship sponsor. I know. Set that up. Monetize it that way. Well, then you got to have a sales team that's like calling them and bugging them. I don't have time for that. I only have time to talk in the shed, you know? <laughs> well, your kid's what, 11 or 12 now? Get him going. Start him young. Uh, yeah, get him get him in the sales team. Yeah. Get his spare time. Give him his part-time job. <laughs> um, but no, thank you so much. I don't know what else I got here. Um, did you guys have a Halloween party? We did have a Halloween party. What did you dress up as? Uh, I went as Dwight Goodman from Dodgeball. Yes. Hence the handlebars. Right. <clears throat> Who do you think had the best outfit? 
Oh. <clears throat> James Downey had an exact ex like I'm talking like down to every detail. He was uh one of the brothers of Grimsby and it was it was pretty electric. <laughs> I I I think hockey team <coughs> Halloween parties are some of the best parties that happen, right? I I missed that shit. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a good one. It was fun. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. Well, good luck with everything <clears> in <throat> Manchester. And you guys just need to win, right? Or else the fans are gonna have to let the chocolate melt in their pocket. If you guys win, she's gonna be a storm, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We'll We're gonna to get the, the town a buzz. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah. And this has been another episode of Zero Ales and Hockey Tales with Ruddy and Wally. Some people clap on the one and three. Some people clap on the two and four. Some people don't join at all because they got no rhythm, and that's all right. Some people, they drink too much. Some people don't drink enough. Some people are just like me. I hope y'all forgive them. I'm like Scott and I go fans. I like pizza, towns and bands. I'm always speaking my mind.